Hello, beautifuls. Oh, I'm so glad to sit with you today. And this is a touchy, touchy subject with a thousand spins. So I'm just going to talk about one or two or three of those spins today. Okay. Um, there's lots of different areas that we could go into around this subject, but I'm going to generalize just for today. And I'm going to say that the highly intelligent, highly sensitive person is going to struggle in these areas. This is what I see with my experiences of 28 years working with trauma uh, and clients um, as a volunteer and then also in my practice as I graduated from certification life coaching certification school uh, two times. I have a double certification in life coaching with what I call a specialty in and around trauma. So I have advanced clients and with advanced clients, we get deeper and deeper and deeper into uh, conversations that are wrapped in trauma and people have a very hard time understanding or being able to see their part. I got to tell you, this was the hardest thing for me too. Because we're raised in trauma and lots of times in dysfunctional households and stuff, we have these feelings that when things are brought up about us uh, that, that fall under the umbrella of looking for your part and or can feel to us who have been traumatized, they can feel like criticisms again some more. And one of the things that we want to do is to lay down and to trust the process of people like me, a life coach, helping you see your part without feeling criticized, condemned, judged, right? So I don't do this with beginners necessarily. I'll kind of hint around to it. But when you get in with advanced clients, sometimes you have to or want to be somewhat direct to help them see their part. This actual podcast has to do with what I call a porn addiction and a grown man. Now, I've wanted to ask him, and I haven't been able to, I've wanted to ask him, when was the first time that you were exposed to porn? And I'm sure, this is the case in most cases, it was in uh, childhood or teenage years. So I don't know the answer to that question pertaining to him, per se. But in general, usually, and I'm going to speak to this today, usually men and girls are exposed to porn um, in their childhood in some way, shape, or form. So I want you to take in today that that is their first exposure to what sex might look like, right? And neither the female or the male has actually been in a sexual experience, but they're experiencing sex on the screen. 
So I'm going to talk to this a little bit before we get into the answers that I bring forward. Um, I think it's very important to acknowledge the hierarchy of the porn industry and the damage. Yes, it can be beautiful. Yes, if you love it, great. But there is a lot of damage that also happens in and around the porn industry. There's a mountain of evidence around young boys and exposure to porn and their desire to disrespect women and commit and commit violence toward women. For many men, their first introduction to sex and consent was porn. Not only did this happen at a very critical time in their development, but also happened or happens on a regular basis years before they ever had a face-to-face sexual encounter with an actual female. So we want to really take that in years before they actually had a face-to-face sexual encounter with a female. And this also, just letting you know, is the same, same for women or females, right? This type of exposure creates the illusion that a woman's actual body was a prop to fulfill their need without ever having to consider a real human, a real human being's feelings on the other end or the other side of it. This may be hard for a man to conceptualize. Women are complex little humans with complex experiences and memories. Women have sexual desires and sexual boundaries. Their heart and their soul and their physical body are all involved, none of which is introduced into a young boy's life before their real-life sexual encounter happens. So when you have a young boy who is exposed to porn go into actual face-to-face sexual encounter with a woman, none of those basic needs, wants, desires, respect, boundaries, all of those things are taken into consideration at all, right? So basically, we have a regular-ass dude who feels entitled to whatever they want with a woman's body, their mind, their spirit. They actually experienced on the screen hundreds of times, and that is their impression of what sex and women are. It's massively distorted. They click a button and they get zero no's. (laughs) This is what they've watched hundreds of times. Click a button and get zero no's. That is the teacher. That is the mentor. Click a button and get zero no's. You can do whatever you want to, to my body, with my body. So when I teach, when I work with men and with women, 
I ask and I teach and I share the possibilities, all the possibilities of looking at our part. I've had to look at my part. I've never asked any of my clients or my program has never mm, asked anyone to do what I haven't done, right? So with this, I recalled a situation or a conundrum that happened in the last few months for this particular man. He was in a circle of men. And those men, one of them, I guess, said, my gosh, my wife cannot get enough. Like sex, sex, sex every day. And then he looks at my client and says, is she, is your wife like that too? My client was like, oh, hell no. And then he brought that, oh, hell no. And the whole conversation back to his wife. And she felt embarrassed, I guess humiliated, irritated, frustrated, that one, men would be doing this in a circle at this age, right? Emotionally immature, right? And the other thing was uh, that which, like, I don't know, like a feeling like she would be outed in that same circle. And that it would be brought back to her home for her to experience again some more, right? So what I'm getting ready to explain is wild. But it's built as an example of how you can look for your part and start living authentically from your part. So with the courage to change, I would ask him, next time you're in a men's circle and witness a man or men saying their wife can't get enough sex, and they turn to you and they ask you your experience, do you experience this too? Here's what you can say. It's okay to say no. However, I want you to please add, I have totally criticized my wife for years, compared, judged, condemned, called her horrible, horrific names, crucified her, literally, for years. I tell you what, guys, it's amazing to me that she even stays under the same roof with me at this point in life. I want you to bring forward the real man, the authentic man in that moment. Yeah, you can say no, but you can also see your part and start to understand and embrace the true concept of why this might be happening in your life for you. I'm going to say it again. 
You have totally criticized and condemned your wife for years, compared her, judged her, condemned, called her horrible, horrific names, compared and crucified her, literally, for years. You can also take in the concept that it is amazing. It is amazing. It should be amazing to you that she even stays under the same roof with you at this point in life. I want you to take ownership of your part, what you created with your words and with your actions and start telling the damn truth about you. You see lots and lots and lots of truths about her that you would call truth, but never, ever, ever have you got to the place to have the courage to change and to look at your part and what you have created in this unit, this unity, this partnership. And I'm not saying that you have to sit there and say that in front of the dudes. That would be big. You know, maybe that'll happen later. But for today, with yourself, in your own conversation with yourself, can you look at your part and can you acknowledge what you created with your words, with your actions, with your addictions, and what you brought forward under that roof with that woman that you say you love. Yeah, that's a long silence. That's a long silence that you want to probably listen to again and again until you get how you can come up with your part surrounding your unhappiness, your conundrums that you've created. And if you can't be honest with anyone else in this moment, at least get a pen and a piece of paper and write down honesty between you and that paper. I would suggest that you take that to the God of your understanding and you start to communicate about your part. And I'm going to go ahead and ask you the next time you're in a men's circle that you at least bring a tiny piece of what you're acknowledging as your part to that conversation. Rather than mm, pretending like you're so mistreated and misunderstood. <laughs> This is called accountability, and this is called responsibility. And it's really simple. However, the highly, highly intelligent will have the most trouble with this. This takes a real man, really grounded, really desiring to have the courage to change. Yeah. In coaching, we look at some hard shit. 
I've sat in this trying to figure out what to say for over a week. How can I teach? How can I share with someone how to look for their part, right? You won't make headway until you step off of judgment and criticism and condemnation and finger pointing and name calling. You'll never make progress or you'll never be able to change as long as you're pointing at someone else for your unhappiness. I don't care what the subject is. When we start to make breakthroughs, it's because we start to look at our part. And we become honest with ourselves, with the God of our understanding, and probably with our coach. We become humble. We, we become enriched with the truth about ourselves. I'm going to end with that. Go out. And when you find a stumbling block... Look for your frickin' frackin' part. What did I do to create this? What did I do to create this? I love you big. I will see you next time. This is Teresa signing off.